the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome back to our NIL interview series. This is the last of our 20 interviews this spring. Back in February, with little seemingly going on in the world of name, image, and likeness, at least as far as CU is concerned, I posted a GoFundMe campaign to offer 20 CU student-athletes $500 each for a half-hour interview. The Buff Nation responded, raising $10,000 in three days. As a result, it has been my pleasure and honor to conduct 20 interviews, allowing us a chance to get to know some of CU student-athletes a little better. In this episode, we are introduced to redshirt freshman tight end Caleb Fourier. Caleb is a CU legacy, with his father, Christian Fourier, a CU legend. Christian was above from 1991 to 94, finishing with the third most receiving yards by a tight end in Buff history. Caleb, however, was a big-time recruit in his own right, with scholarship offers from at least one school in each of the Power Five conferences. Caleb, though, became a Buff for life three days after his official visit to Boulder, in the summer of 2019. Fourier was injured during the 2020 season and saw limited action last fall. This season, there's only one upperclassman at the tight end position, senior Brady Russell, left on the roster. Fourier, who still has four years of eligibility remaining, will be one of four redshirt freshman tight ends looking to make a name for himself during the 2022 campaign. So, was there any pressure on Caleb to commit to Colorado with his parents both being CU graduates? What does Fortier think of his new position coach and new passing game coordinator, Clay Patterson? And what does Caleb think of the play his father made in the 1991 Oklahoma State game, with dad catching a 20-yard touchdown pass on a fake field goal in the final minute to defeat the Cowboys 16-12? to Let's find out. Okay, and we're back. And we're with redshirt freshman tight end, Caleb Fourier. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, great. Most people are just talking a minute ago about, uh, I know your last name, and your last name's familiar to most Buff fans. Your uh, father was a a star in Colorado before becoming an NFL player. So. Welcome to the Buff Nation. I'm glad to have you, uh, you know, be a forever Buff. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to 
excited to be in Colorado, play for this university, and excited to be on this podcast. So, well, good. You're from Massachusetts. We don't have too many recruits from the state of Massachusetts at the University of Colorado. Did you play all your high school years in Massachusetts, or were you still moving around the NFL cities at that point? Or yeah, uh, no. So I, after my dad played for the Pats, he went to a couple more teams, uh, Washington and Carolina, and we stayed in uh, Massachusetts. Okay. So I went to. I've been in at school in Massachusetts since uh, uh, I think pre-K kindergarten, like early on, and uh, obviously went out through grade school, middle school, and high school. I attended Bishop Bean. Uh, played football and basketball there. Started playing football freshman year, made freshman team, and then they moved me up to varsity. And then sophomore year, started on varsity, and then obviously junior starter and then senior starter. So uh, it was good. It was fun at that school. So, so uh, based on your family history, was it preordained that you were going to play football? You say you didn't start till your freshman year. Were you more interested in basketball at that point, or? Uh, I mean, being from the East Coast, I played lacrosse growing up too. So okay. I really like lacrosse and basketball. I played, I played flag football. Like my dad and mom wouldn't let me play tackle because like they didn't want me to get hurt. But then in sixth grade, my dad let me play tackle. So I played tackle football from, no, I think it was fifth and sixth grade. I played tackle and then I stopped and then did AU basketball and lacrosse. And then I got to high school and started playing football and basketball. So uh, okay. it was in high school where I really like was like, okay, I kind of I like this football thing and I think I'm gonna stick with this. Okay. And you were playing both sides of the ball. You were playing offense and defense. Yeah. So on offense, freshman year, I played some quarterback and then receiver. And then I played DN freshman year. Sophomore year, receiver and corner. Junior year, receiver, tight end, corner. And then senior year, I played tight end. I played some running back senior year, played some receiver. And then on defense, DN, corner, safety. I think I played linebacker too. So I was playing everything. But it was fun oh. experience to play different positions and uh, I don't know, just see the game at different point of views and everything. Okay. So you recruited heavily schools like Wisconsin, West Virginia, TCU, Pitt, Ole Miss, uh, pretty much every Power Five conference had at least one school that was after you. Were there any schools that wanted you to play anything other than tight end? Uh, no, I was getting recruited for all my schools at a uh, tight end. So I like that. I like being a tight end and, uh, I don't know, it just runs in the family, so let's just stick with it. <laughs> okay. So you were a class of 2020. So you actually, in 2019, got to take official visits. Uh, seems almost quaint now that they actually had a year where you could take official visits. Boston College and UConn make sense, the regional schools and things like that. But I was interested, you went to Iowa and LSU on official visits? Uh, no, actually my only official was here at CU. Okay. Uh, LSU Ole Miss and all the other East coast were all unofficial. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. When I took my official here, I kind of just like fell in love regardless of the coaching staff that was here with the, the city of Boulder, the flat irons and just the community. And, uh, I don't know, just decided to pull the trigger and commit. So I'm happy with my decision. I love being a buff. Okay. So that was the summer of 2019. Committed pretty much a couple of days after your official. Had you ever been to Boulder before? Your uh, official visit? My official, uh, I took an unofficial in, uh, I want to say like April. And then I took the official in June. So I've been two times before my, including my official. So Okay. Guy asked, was there any family uh, 
influence in this or is it all whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go is okay with us kind of thing? Yeah, it was, it was like, you pick what you want to do. Like they don't really care, but like, obviously I don't know. I have family history here at CU and my dad played here. My mom went to school here. This is where they met, but uh, they weren't pressuring me at all. They literally said just like, whatever you pick, like we'll support you and everything, which uh, that made it easier for me to like, know that like, I'm not, I don't have to go to CU. Like I don't have to carry the legacy. Like I could go to Boston college if I wanted to, or for, or like Wisconsin, but right. uh, I don't know. I picked CU and I'm happy with my choice. Okay. So again, you're a class of 2020. You weren't an early enrollee or anything. You just, uh, yeah. You, no. you, okay. So um, as fate would have it then before you even made it to campus, the head coach that had recruited you or part of the staff that recruited you had already taken off for, for Michigan state. Did you have any, uh, Second thoughts at that point about your your choice. I mean, they say you want to go to the school, not the coach, but had to be a, a shock to have your head coach that was recruiting you take off a month after you sign on the dotted line to to come to see you. Yeah, it was definitely a shock. But like before I committed and everything, my dad was telling me like coaches come and go. Like he he was saying like you probably won't even have the same offensive coordinator your whole four years. Like he didn't. He's he had one head coach, but uh. Like, those guys come and go. It's a business, so they got to do what's best for themselves. But he said, like, don't commit because the coach commit because, you like, you like the university. Like, you can see yourself being there regardless of, like, if they come or go or leave or whatever happens. So, I mean, I took that advice, and uh, I don't know. I stayed with Boulder, and, like, when Coach Tuck left, like, I wasn't wavering. I still wanted to be a buff because I like uh, the city of Boulder in Colorado. So Okay. Well, then shortly thereafter, COVID hit and stuff like that. So did you ever – get to campus in the spring of 2020 or were you staying back in Massachusetts? Uh, my freshman year. Yeah. That year. Yeah. So we came in June, like middle of June. And then obviously we we're just doing uh, summer conditioning and then they canceled our season. We got a little break. We got to go home for like, I think a week or two. And then we came back to start class. And then I think the 2020 season started in October. Right. Or something like that. So I don't know. We were here just, I don't know, playing games and everything, but I was actually hurt. I came in injured from high school. Like I had a leg injury. So I was, I sat out like all of 2020, just rehabbing my leg and everything. So. Okay. Yeah. That was my next question. Cause you on your official CU bio, it just says that you were out for the 2020 season with an injury. So was there any chance that you were going to play or is it pretty much preordained COVID or not that you weren't going to be able to play in 2020? Oh yeah, I wasn't gonna play because I had surgery, and uh, it was a pretty big injury and surgery. So I needed that time to uh, get my recovery and rest and uh, just to heal up. Okay, so last season, twenty twenty one, you got in for three games, um, so you didn't burn your red shirt year because you didn't play in four games. And I saw one story that you were in for seven snaps. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, you was all was it spread out over the three games or was it all in one game? Uh, I got, I mean, I played on score team, so the field goal unit for three games, three games, yeah. So it was the end of the year, and then I got like, I think it was seven offensive snaps spread out between two games, like Minnesota and then UCLA. Okay, and you're in the books. You made the stat sheet um, that you were targeted for one pass. Yeah, I was targeted. It was a little high, so uh, it was. I think it was threw it out of bounds, but 
I guess that's a target still. <laughs> so you remember your one, uh, one, one play that you, uh, you made the stat sheet. Was oh yeah. UCLA or was no, that? That was Minnesota. Okay. So blame it on the quarterback that, uh, uh it's not his fault. It's just, your, I don't know. Your one chance to, uh, you know, get in the, in the scorebook, but you, uh, have a leg up on your other freshmen. Uh, at least you got in for seven plays. Do you uh, have bragging rights with the other Richard freshmen, or is that not something that uh, you want to bring up at this point? Uh, we don't really care about that because, like, as a unit, as tight end group, like, we all want each other to succeed. So there's no, like, I don't, I don't bring that up. And, like, they probably don't even care because, like, we're on to new seasons and new goals, new opportunities for everyone. So the past is in the past, and we're just looking on to the future. Okay. Well, the future is now. You talked about how your dad said you'd get different coaches and things like that. So um, you have a different position coach this year who happens to also be the passing game coordinator. So tell us a little bit about uh, Clay Patterson. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, So I've had three tight end coaches now. Yeah, three, including him. I had Coach Embry, Coach Cook, and now Coach Patterson. And uh, I don't know, all the guys have taught me different things. But, like, Coach Patterson is, like, bringing everything that everyone has taught me and, like, making it simpler and just easier for me to understand and, and even execute. So, uh, I don't know. He, I love him. He's a great guy. And he's a great teacher, too. Like, you, people don't understand that like, you need a, to be a good coach. I feel like you have to be able to teach the game really, uh, really well. And uh, that's what Coach Patterson does. So, I love it. So, how much personal contact have you had with him through the spring? Or when did you first get to meet him? And you know, that type of stuff. What was your introduction to, to Clay Patterson? Uh, I met him in January, I think. I think that's when he came in. I'm not too sure. And then I was banged up in the spring again, so I didn't really do spring ball, but I was just, like, in the meetings and everything, seeing how he coaches. And uh, I don't know. I did some indiv- indie, some individual work in uh, spring ball, so I did get coached a little by him, and uh, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. So – the t- tight end room has gone gone through some attrition here in the last year or so. I think there was like 11 scholarship tight ends last year. And now we're down to one sixth-year senior and then a bunch of redshirt freshmen. Yep. So uh, what's it been like having the transition from last year with a bunch of faces in the room to this year where you've got Brady Russell and a bunch of young guys? No, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, last year, like the room was a little more crowded, but it was also good being a young guy to, uh, to see how, like how they do things, how they get things done on and off the field and just how they carry themselves. And also just like the older guys would also teach us like the young guys, including like me, Austin and, uh, Eric and Lewis. So I don't know, they're good role models for our group, especially being young back then. And now that it's red shirt, uh, red shirt tight ends and Brady, uh, we kind of have, the redshirt tight ends have like more responsibility, like hold that standard that they left that the older guys left last year and uh, pass down to the young bucks coming in this year. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Brady Russell, you know, compared to you guys, you know, again, you, you know, you talk about Eric Olson, Louis Passarello and Austin Smith and yourself. And then you've got Brady Russell, who seems to have been, you know, at wearing a uniform for Colorado for a long time that, uh, he led the team in receptions and yards last year. It wasn't productive, particularly productive offense, but he was the leading receiver and was a captain for the last seven games. 
And now he's the 24-year-old. Um, is he like a second coach or is he like, uh, do you guys give him a bad time about being the old guy or oh, yeah, he has all that, that hair coming out the back of his helmet that uh, he still one of the guys. Yeah. His hair is pretty, I like his hair, but uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he's definitely like a coach. Uh, he's uh he's that uh, he's been through a lot. He's been here a long time. So he knows the game football really well. And uh, he actually, he's, he's good to be around great leader, great teammate uh, and great guy to have in our room. So uh I don't know, he's been great for us young guys. Okay. So how's the the you said you, you didn't get to participate much in spring ball, but uh you were you know obviously there for the, the practices and things like that. So how's it shaping up with it without giving away any trade secrets or any you know fun stuff we're gonna find out about this fall? Is it making a difference having a tight ends coach that's also the passing game coordinator? Are we gonna see more from the tight end position that we've been waiting for for about a decade or so to actually have a tight ends participate in the passing game. Yeah, definitely. I think coach Patterson and coach Sanford too, they bring like a whole new dynamic to this offense, something that we haven't had. And uh, they're looking to get the tight ends to rock, which is good and use us in different ways. So I don't know. It's different and I like it and uh, should be exciting. Okay. How's the, the competition between the four of you that you're all red shirt freshmen um, this is actually your third year, the way the COVID works and everything like that, that you still have four years of eligibility, even though this is your third year on the on the sidelines at the University of Colorado. What's it like, you know, knowing that this, these guys are competing for playing time? I mean, try and be good teammates, but you also want to get on the field. So what's it like uh, between the four of you? Oh, yeah. The, uh, well, three of us, including myself, three. the four. We all like we're all really good friends on and off the field. Uh, we all want to see each other succeed, and uh, I don't know the the best guys would take that second role. But uh, I don't know. We're encouraging each other. We staying after each other, catching balls, just like helping each other with the plays and everything. So I don't know. It's all love between us, and we understand it. It is a competition, and I don't know the next best guy will play. So uh, I don't know. We all work really hard, and uh, I don't know. It's all love. Okay. So with the injury yet in 2020 and the spring issues and stuff like that, are you going to be a full go for 2022 or where are you at? Yeah, I'm finally, finally a full go. I haven't been a full go since like, I don't know, senior year, high school. So I've been dealing with injuries, but like I'm finally back now and I'm excited to finally play again and get back out on the field. Okay. Well, let me read you a, a quote that uh, Clay Patterson had about, uh, about you guys, about the young guys. Um, this was during spring practices. The best part for them is that they're getting reps and they're getting a ton of reps right now. The reps are going to help them. The biggest thing is teaching them kind of violence of the game and the physicality, because without that, at the tight end position, you'll be lacking. You have to be able to move people at the point of attack. And I think they're willing to do that. We just got to get them to grow up pretty fast. So is that uh, the Clay Patterson philosophy tell us what that means what does that translate to in practice and what he talks to you about in the film room uh as a tight end he just he harps like being physical being violent and uh I don't know, that's what he's trying to preach to younger guys who haven't really had the experience that Brady has had so I don't know he does a good job he shows us little like videos and clips of like movie scenes to try to like motivate us and like show us like what's up and like I think towards the end of spring ball we were getting it or the three that were playing because I, I wasn't playing. So I was uh, injured, but uh, they started to understand it and get it. So uh, it, sh it should be a good uh, 
fall camp and everything in season as well. Okay. What kind of movie clips are we talking about? Like violent movies or action movies? What the, what was he trying to get across? What was he trying to get through to you? I honestly forget the name of the movie, but like, I don't know. He shows us a lot of things that try to, to help us try to like, I don't know, just like see, see what he wants us to do and like bring out like the aggression in us that they have in the movies or something. So uh, I don't know. He shows us a lot of clips that I like. I just don't remember the names of it. Okay. So what's, do you like the blocking part? I mean, your, your father was part of a team that had the Heisman trophy running back. So there was a lot more rushing in that, you know, that offense than there was passing. Does, does that, you're, you talk to your dad a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the value of being a good blocking tight end, or are you uh, ready for the glory of catching some passes? I mean, I think tight end is a unique position on the field because you, you do a little bit of everything. You block, you catch, and uh, you pass protect. So, uh, I don't know. I like it all. That's why I play tight end because I like doing that stuff. I like catching the ball. Like, that's fun, catching the ball, moving the chains. But also, it's fun getting a good block and having the back run off you. That's, I don't know. I like it all. Okay. So, for anybody that's – not old like me or just uh, hasn't been a CU fan for decades. Your father was a, you know, four year, 1991 to 94 at CU third leading tight end in terms of receptions and yards and CU history played on the 94 team that went 11 and one finished third in the country. All 11 players on the offensive side of the ball in 1994 team all got drafted. So in your household was, you know, obviously your father went on to get, you know, win a couple of Super Bowl titles and things like that. Was there much discussion about his CU days or has it mostly been about uh, his professional, long professional career and winning the Super Bowl? Uh, it's honestly neither. We don't really talk about that stuff. I don't know. That's like his accomplishments. Good for him. He did all that stuff. But uh, honestly, I don't really care what he did. I'm just trying to do my own thing and create my own legacy here. So, uh, yeah, we don't we don't really talk about that stuff at all back home. No. Does he talk to you about the spring, about practices, about, uh, you know, drills, about what you're learning, what he learned? Is he passing along anything as far as the tight end position? Uh, he won't go out of his way. To, uh, he he kind of, honestly, he tries to stay out of it as much as he can. But if I have questions, I'll ask him and he'll, like, honestly, he'll answer them. Like, he doesn't care if I ask questions, but he just tries to stay out of, like, what I'm doing now. But I don't know. He's a good uh, mentor if I need anything with football. So. Okay. Well, so he didn't talk about the Oklahoma State game in 1991 and catching a touchdown pass on a fake field goal in the last minute or anything like that? I didn't even know that happened, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, okay. I'll put a – I'll send you a link to the video. There's a – just briefly here, down 12 to 10 on the road against Oklahoma State, final minutes of the game trying to drive down to kick the – you know, winning field goal down 12 to 10, converted a fourth and 14 at one point, got down to the 20-yard line last 30 seconds of the game. They lined up to try and 37-yard field goal. You know, 37 yards is, you know, makeable, but not a given when, you know, hostile environment and stuff like that. So at the 20-yard line, you know, instead of kicking, lined up for the 37-yard field goal and the holder, I don't think it was a punter. I think it was actually a wide receiver took the ball and threw the ball to your father, who was a, a freshman at that point. And he was wide open 
20 yard touchdown and see who wins the game 16 to 12. Wow. I, I never heard that story, but uh, that's, that's cool. I want to see a video of that. I, yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's grainy and it's old, but uh, it's actually the Pat Jones, who was the coach of Oklahoma State at the time. He had a TV show and it's just the TV show highlights. So it's actually all from the Oklahoma State point of view, but they had to acknowledge that play because that was the game winning play. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You have to quiz your dad and say, well, what was it like, you know, being wide open and wondering, you know, if you drop the ball, then your team loses the game. But he, you know, did he caught the ball, didn't fall down, rumbled into the end zone and scored the winning touchdown. So awesome. Yeah. So nothing in the family history, but, uh, you know, playing at CU or, you know, his experiences uh, as a buff. I mean, like, yeah, I've heard stories and stuff. Like, he tells me some stories, but uh, I don't know. We don't really talk about it that much. Like, I don't know. Like I said, like, he tries to stay out of it, and I kind of just, like, do my own thing over here. And if I need advice, then I'll go to him, and he'll he'll tell me. Okay. So, last question about Dad. So, he doesn't talk about, you know, the state of the program very much. I mean, obviously, when he was here, here being bolder, you know, I think – you know, from 91 to 94, I think the fewest games that CU won was eight in a season. And CU's won eight games in the two years that you've been in Boulder. Talk about, you know, what he thinks of the coaching staff or how he compares it to what he had in terms of his coaching. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, he kind of just stays out of it. Like, he doesn't he doesn't try to, like, get insider information because, like, I don't know, he has his own thing going on. But okay. uh, I don't know, back then it was – I don't know, different. Like, CU was a powerhouse. We're trying to get back up to that now. And uh, I don't know. I think we're, we're on the right track here at CU. We have the, we have great coaches, great staff, and a great strength coach. And uh, as I want to be here, which is good. Yeah. So how has it been with uh, Shannon Turley? He's got a good reputation coming from Stanford and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, you've been fighting through injuries and stuff like that. How has the, the strength and conditioning staff been for you? Oh, they're awesome. Uh, just their, like, knowledge of, like, injury prevention and everything to help get your body right, like, pr- to prevent something from happening. Uh, it's been great. And then also, like, the conditioning part. I mean, it's hard. But uh, I don't know. You're out there with your brothers doing it. So it's, it makes it more fun. And then it's challenging. But uh, I don't know. It's doable with the right mindset and everything. Okay. So you guys, are you know, you don't live in a vacuum. You, you probably, you know, hear and see what people are saying about – see you in such uh, motivation for the team or has it been tough for the team with the transfers? How do you see the, the mood of the locker room these days? Uh, no, the mood's really good. I mean, all this outside noise, we don't really listen to it because they don't know what's going on. Like the only guys that know what's up are the guys in the locker room and the coaches. So uh, I don't know. We don't listen to that outside noise. We just I don't know, do our thing. Okay. So what other than getting on the field, for more than seven plays, more than seven snaps, getting one more than one pass thrown in your direction. Since again, you've been here for this will be your third season in Boulder, but it's your first, your your freshman year again. What uh, what goals do you have for yourself? What uh, what would be a great season, you know, for Caleb in twenty twenty two? Well, first things first is the team. So, I, I'm, the team goal is to obviously win the Pac twelve, win that championship, and then. I don't make it to the bowl, make it to the Rose Bowl and win that. So that, that's what we all are looking for and training for uh, as a team. And then just personally, just help out the team as much as I can, just whether it be offense, special teams or whatever, just like 
help make an impact and contribute to the team. Okay. So no, no certain number of catches, certain number of yards, certain number of touchdowns, uh, pancake blocks, any, uh, any stats or you just not a stats kind of guy? Yeah, all that stuff is nice, but uh, I don't know. Our team goal is just winning. So whatever I can do to help te- with uh, help the team win is uh, what I'm looking f- looking forward to doing. Okay. Since all of your teammates are young and not old like my myself, uh, do your teammates know about your your legacy? Then um, do they know the name or do they know your your history at all? Or is that something that that never comes up? Uh, I would say some of them do, but, uh, uh, it doesn't really do anything. I don't really care for it because like I said, that's my dad's legacy and like trying to create my own. So what he did here doesn't really affect what I do. So I'm just, like I said, trying to do my own thing and create my own legacy. Okay. Well, that's a good plan. So what's, uh, what are you studying? What's your major? Have you gotten pretty far into your education? Where do you want to go from here? Yeah, communications is my major right now. And uh, I'm going to try to do a minor in like business marketing or something. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing in school. Okay. And you're we're talking here in, in June now. We're getting into the freshmen have shown up. Have you uh, you met the freshman class? Have uh, you had interactions with them yet? Because yeah, there's a tight end recruit that's a, a true freshman. Have you Have you met him yet? Yeah, there's two tight end uh, recruits that, are, that came in. I, I I don't really know them yet. I mean, I say what's up to them, uh-huh. but uh, we haven't really like really met each other yet. But because the, they just got here, like probably like last week, right? Like, they, they haven't even been here a week. Okay, so what's the the time frame for the team between now and the start of fall camp? What are you going to be working on? Uh, right now we just have summer conditioning, off season training, just getting our bodies right, getting faster, stronger, and uh, that's basically it. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thanks for your, thanks for talking with us. Thanks for your time and uh, hope you stay healthy for first, first and foremost. So we get you on the field and, uh, you know, look forward to having you uh, make your own legacy at the University of Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Go Buffs. Thanks for listening. As noted in the opening, this episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See With The Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you for supporting your CU student-athletes. This is the end of the 2022 campaign for NIL interviews. But who knows? We might try it again next spring. I hope that you're subscribing to the podcast so that you won't miss any upcoming episodes as we turn our attention to the 2022 season. As you hopefully know by now, the podcast, with all 20 NIL interviews, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all of the NIL interviews can be listened to at the See With The Game website. I will be back soon with Neil and Brad, who will make their return as we turn our attention to the 2022 season. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs. Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to seeyouatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, 
thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to seeyouatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.